Hello, I'm Eddie Wood, and you're listening to the Richard Petty Motorsports Podcast. Hey, Petty fans, welcome to episode 14 of the Richard Petty Motorsports Podcast, presented by Petty's Garage. And that's right, we said 14, we're just going to uh, skip over the number 13 like you would a floor on an elevator and uh, move right into 14. Moving so. right into 14, we have got a big time guest. This is the one that we didn't want to tell you about. We kind of wanted to keep it a little secret, kind of yeah. keep it on off the radar. Been working on this one for a few weeks now and, and finally got him in here and man, lived up to expectations, I think. Yep, yep. Lots of cool stories. I mean, it's just awesome. I pinched myself the whole way through. Can't even believe we got to do it. So, of course, the guy that uh, we're talking about is Eddie Wood uh, of Wood Brothers Racing. You know, he's a son of Glenn Wood and uh, been around, you know, in our sport for quite a while. Seen a lot of things. Had a lot of success, obviously, with the Wood Brothers and the famous 21 car. You know, if there's another car out there that's as famous and iconic in the sport of NASCAR as the 43, it's got to be that 21. So, uh, it was awesome having Eddie here. You know, we hadn't been here in, in quite some time and never really got a chance to uh, to go around through uh, the Petty's Garage, Petty Museum buildings until now. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, when, when he arrived, we thought we would sit down and, and get rolling. And uh, Richard and Dale took him and showed him everything. And uh, that's just that's just super cool. Yeah. Wasn't even mad about it either. No. We, we turned the corner and there's Richard Petty, Dale Inman, and Eddie Wood just talking yep and we were just like catching up just cool there it is yeah so and hopefully that's how uh that's how it feels like this podcast went you know what we talked uh, a lot about old racing stories some current stuff what how eddie's seen things through his eyes and uh just a great conversation so i don't want to put it off too much longer here's eddie first and foremost thank you for making the trip down here today yep it's Uh, my honor we were talking earlier you said this is First time you've been here since uh, 84? 84, late 84. Yeah. Wow. And we came to – actually, uh, we had bought – you know, when Kyle was coming to work for us, um, we obviously was going from running uh, 20 races a year to, to all the races because uh, he's, he's kind of what brought us back running full-time, which we'd never run full-time ever mm-hmm. until then. Wow. And uh, started in 85, and we bought a car from Petty Enterprises. and. I don't know the whole story about it, but it was hidden, and it was hidden. I was trying to figure out what garage it was in from what's here now, and mm-hmm. I think we figured it out. It's up there <laughs> kind of behind the original uh, Mr. Petty's house up to the left, and okay. uh, Kyle had it hid up there. Mm. And we come down here in the middle of the night one night and got it, and um, it, it actually turned out to be the car that Kyle won his first race at Richmond. That was the same car. Oh, it was? Wow. Yeah. It was a Hutch and Pagan car. That's huh. amazing. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of hiding spots around here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it reminds me of, of our old shop <clears throat> that we had on the river. Um, it's not big enough to start with. You start adding on and adding on, mm-hmm. and, <clears throat> and it doesn't really matter, uh, you know, where the door is or anything. you got to have more room. Right. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's, it's fixed exactly like what we did. It's much bigger than what we did, but it's, it's chopped up the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask <clears throat> if you could kind of compare and contrast the two shops. Uh, you know, we were talking with Dale earlier, you know, about when you go to the y'all's place, you see a lot of pictures on the wall where the 23 or the 20, sorry, 21 cross the line first. And then you come here and you see all the pictures on the wall. It's the same events or other events where the 43 might've come across yeah. first. And it just made me think like, man, if you, if you go to, go to the Petty's place, you go to the Wood Brothers place and you put it all together and you really got a lot of NASCAR history complete oh, yeah. right there. Yeah. We, we got a picture as you come in our museum, it's, um, it's the picture of Elliot Sadler uh, winning Bristol with John Andretti finishing mm. second, and I think it's probably the the last time they finished one two. Yeah, uh, and that was in uh, 2001. But you know, uh, two weeks ago at Talladega, at one point it was a 43 and a 21 late, yes. in, late yep. in the race. Yep, and uh, I actually sent. Uh, we got a lot of people commenting about how great it was to see. It's yeah. so it's like we you know we talk about how. You, the Woods and the and the Petties have always been friends. You know, I think our fan base is also, you know, if they're not rooting for us, they want to see the 21 win. They yeah. want to see us both do well together. I think that's really unique. I, I think it is, too, because, I mean, it was to me. And, um, I mean, I, I sent a text to Edsel Ford was watching the race, and he sent right back, like, man, that is really cool, isn't it? You know, it's just – it was just 
I don't know how many people even were paying attention to it because mm-hmm. so much goes on anymore, but uh, I was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, you, you know, you had you had Dale as probably – Dale and Richard, best tour guys you can ask for, I guess. I did, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, you got lucky today. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it showed me – you know, it's, what's so cool about this place is they've got a story for every little room, and that's the way our shop was – you know, you had a gear room, you had a room for this, a room for that, you had a room for hiding stuff, you know, just, and they did too. Yeah. And it, it's just, you know, there's so many things that's the same and you didn't really have anything to do with each other, but it was the way they, you know, their mindset was in, in comparison to ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what made you guys all so successful probably too. I'm sure it helped. Yeah, no, it's just, it just worked out. I mean, yeah. and it's just, like I said, they've, um, you know, we've been friends ever since the first time I ever met them, uh, you know, with, which is in 67. And um, I don't know, I just um, always been close to Dale um, for, you know, just forever. Uh, From the first time you met him and he dropped you to your knees. He did. <laughs> <laughs> he did. You know, he didn't get me today. He'd probably get me on the way out, but he didn't. Today he didn't get me. But uh, man, he he took me to my knees that first day. <laughs> I can only imagine what it. I mean, it's it's painful now. I can only imagine what it would have oh, been like back then. I mean, you just those guys uh, like Dale and, and and my uncle Leonard, the arm strength that those guys had. Uh, but you know, I used to see them cut spoilers uh, with ten snips. You know, they'd be Ooh. three sixteenths thick and cut them with 10 snips really and just never stop go over across it you know i barely could even go an inch mm-hmm. but uh you know but they you know they all changed tires and you know the things that they worked on it took a lot of strength you know back then mm-hmm. uh and you know they were just strong people you know the upper body was strong and it all uh leonard carried his own tire and i know dale did some too mm-hmm. you know just think about carrying your own tire and changing tire today yeah um, and some people and it's kind of going back to that mm-hmm. you see it every now and then but it's it's uh it's really cool yeah that's neat so i wanted to ask if, if a casual fan or listeners listening to us and they hear the wood brothers i'm sure they think of obviously your dad glenn and, and your uncle leonard but you know the wood brothers family and everybody that was involved in racing i think is much much larger than many realize could you paint the picture of kind of the family tree and everybody that's that's been involved over the years oh, maybe well, tough to do everybody but yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, know. Uh, yeah. I, you know they started in 1950 um kind of as a, a hobby as a joke of whatever just a group of them got together and decided let's get us a race car and uh, they did and you know fast forward you get but it was all the brothers it was brothers and uh, they all uh, you know kind of pitched in and then it was like who's going to drive it well then this one was that one was well then they all kind of backed out and left my dad standing there and he said okay i'll drive it yeah and that's how that started but you know in the and then they you know get get on up into the you know the the late 50s and, and early 60s when the pit stop stuff you know really became important to them and they started you know focusing on that uh at one time you had um my dad, of course, was driving it, but um, Leonard was changing the, the rear tires, and uh, another uncle, Ray Lee, was changing the fronts, and my uncle um, Delano was a jack man. And then uh, we had a first cousin named Ralph, Ralph Edwards, and um, he was carrying tires and, and helped gas, and there was another guy that lived, you know, 10 miles, 15 miles down the road named Ken Martin, and he was with him for a long time. Uh, he was a gas man, and it was just like that um, that whole time. And and you know during the the, the ones that worked full time on the car, like every day uh, as a job, was Leonard, and my dad, mm-hmm. and um, Kenny Martin helped. Um, like I said, he was a tobacco farmer uh, in North Carolina. He lived just below the the state line, and um, you know he worked when he could. And then the brothers would just help, you know at night during the week because they had regular jobs uh, but then come time to go to the racetrack it was usually my dad and Leonard and um, and probably Kenny um, and then you know as we got older we started working full-time there then it was four of us f- full-time and then a little later on uh, Hilton Tatum came to work for us and um, he worked for us um, for a long long time until we moved to Charlotte and he stayed with us a little while and he wound up working at RCR mm. the retired from RCR 
So, you know, it's a lot of people involved in it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, most of it was family and and friends that, that, you know, especially in the early days. um, And a lot of race teams was like that. Uh, I know the Petties were. There was a lot of people that would go to the races on Sunday that weren't really getting paid. They just enjoyed it and wanted to help and be a part of it. And um, I think that's how it all worked back then Mm -hmm. because, you know, the money – wasn't like anything like it is now of course but uh in in you know it's probably all relative now you you can't get enough because you're going to spend it all and back mm-hmm. then it was the same way you you raced with what you had and then you know people helped you and things like that but uh it's always been you know a family deal um like i said i started working full-time uh going to all the races in 72 when when lynn uh, my brother got out of school then you know we would take two vehicles we'd take the hauler which was a cab over uh c7 c800 ford with mm-hmm. the ramp truck excuse me <laughs> and um and then we'd have a pickup truck and it would have all the like the wagon and the gas cans and some wheels because you can carry it all on that little truck uh and that's the way we went to the races that actually was a question i had in my list we wanted to know kind of yeah. what that what that convoy kind of looked like uh, starting out. Did you ever have aspirations to drive at all, or, or did you know from the beginning that you you wanted to work as part of the crew? You know, when I was like, they, I, you know, now they start them at six years old, five mm-hmm. years old. You know, back then, you know, you need to be have your driver's license and stuff like that because it was hard to go racing. You, know, you just couldn't go get it. Um, so when we were kind of, my brother Lynn and I were kind of the age to race, if you wanted to drive, it was just the beginning of the Pearson stuff. And, uh, it was winding down with, with, uh, we'd had AJ and, uh, Donnie, Donnie Allison was driving. It was in the, in the early, late sixties, early seventies. And I was a senior in high school in 70. And you thought about, yeah, I'd like to drive a race car, mm-hmm. but then you're working on it every day. And all of a sudden you're 22, you're 24, then you're 26, and and, and you missed it. Yeah. And, but you know, looking back, I think if if you'd have wanted to drive, if I'd have wanted to really drive, you would have figured out a way. So that kind of tells me I was, and Lynn too was, you know, content working on them. I always wanted to run a. The only car I ever used to dream about or, or wished I could go do, I wanted to get a Pinto with a Boss 429 and run Bowman Gray Stadium with it. Oh, which man. Which was exactly the wrong engine to run Bowman Gray with. But, uh, in you know, in the 70s, the Pintos and Gremlins, little, cri- yeah. little um, AMCs. Gremlins, AMC, yeah, AMC. Yeah, that, that was the coolest. The, those two cars were the cool modifieds. You know, Richie Evans had okay. it and Bodine and all them guys from, up you know, up north that would come down and race at Martinsville. Is and, it true uh, the Pinto was more aerodynamic backwards? Then forward. It could have been because it, it kind of looked like a bean, yeah. you know. <clears throat> but they they made good modifieds. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were they were really prop- popular and uh, fun. Kind of an odd story. Um, in '73, at the end of the season, we had two of those so-called pure later Mercury's that, that David Pearson won all his races in. It was two of them, and we still have one. Uh, and by the way, it's going to be at Darlington oh, this weekend. Su- yeah, it's Sunday. Yes. Oh it's, yes, yeah. Leonard's going to drive it around. Oh man, no yeah. way! That's so yeah. cool. It's yes. going to really cool, and da- and 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 Dale's going to drop the green flag this weekend too. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really cool. But um, that car got crashed uh, with David and Charlie Glotz back at Charlotte in the fall race, and we were having to go to a um, a different body style, a, a '73 Mercury, the next year. So. There was no need to fix it. So that car sat in our basement for a long time. We didn't throw it away or anything. It just sat there and, you know, it had all the stuff that you could make a new car with or taken off of it, but it still had the suspension. It wasn't torn up on it. So Clarence Pickrell of Clarence's Steakhouse right there at Martinsville, he had modifieds at that time. So he bought that thing and took the springs and some of the running, you know, running gear and the suspension and made the first gremlin out of that car. And Paul Radford drove it at Martinsville, sat on pole, led the whole race, you know, that weekend. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, you know, our dad always raced modifieds 
uh, and sportsmen, but modified, just like they ran at Martinsville, you know, yeah, three weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. That, they've all just been special to me, that because uh, because of that. Mm-hmm. But that um, did you go watch that race? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I went. I went, and uh, my wife and my wife Carol and I went and uh, bought tickets, uh, bought them online, downloaded. Them. Mm-hmm. We went and sat in turn one. <laughs> And I went and bought a dozen hot dogs. Stood in line for an hour. <laughs> bought a dozen hot dogs. I took what I didn't need at the racetrack. I took home with me. But oh I, yeah, I had a I had a blast. That's awesome. And when was the last time you'd sat in stands at, at Martinsville before then? Uh, probably in the mid seventies. Um, oh L.D. Ottinger won the race, and Dale Dale Earnhardt Sr. was just getting going. He was driving sportsman's at the time. I think he finished second or third that day. Mm. but that's been a long time yeah. but i sat almost within probably 50 feet of where i sat that day as it turned out really mm-hmm. it's pretty cool yeah wow. that's neat that's that's the track i grew up going to too yeah. and i up until before i started with the race team in 2019 like up until 2018 i really i missed maybe a handful of martinsville races in my life but uh it's always been my favorite yeah i, Although, I, 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 I like martinsville and you know it's we kind of struggled over there. We've never really, you know, been very dominant over there. Even back in the Pearson days, uh, we did actually win a race over there. But uh, the 43, I can remember that thing. I see the picture of a car right there. They had a way of, uh, and Dale would explain it better than me, but the thing would lay over mm. with the left side. Actually, the left side didn't do anything. It just sat there, but the right side would fall. It would mm. go down in the corner and just fall. Mm. And it, it looked like it's going to turn over, but he wore everybody out. Yeah. Race after race. I think he's won like 15 or 16 yeah. races. 15, I believe. It's yeah. 15. Yeah. I mean, most people just want to win 15 races in their career, yeah. you know, let alone at, at Martinsville. <laughs> yeah, they were really, really special over there. It didn't matter, you know, which year or what kind of what brand car they had. It, mm-hmm. They were always fast. What was that track for you guys then that, that really was – was y'all's bread and butter uh probably daytona mm-hmm. i just always had kind of a special you know love for daytona um the speed weeks part uh you know you go down every february and uh even the firecracker you know when we ran it on july 4th um that's just kind of always been a special that martinsville is probably uh, most special mm-hmm Two to me, and I, and I love Bowman Gray Stadium. Yeah, mm. dude, we have got to go. I to haven't Bowman been. Gray. Yeah. I I, oh, I lived in Winston, and I never went to. I did not go to Bowman Gray. I, you, you, I wasn't told that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you know, well, it's funny you said that. A couple of years ago, I was over there with uh, just. I would go over there. It'd be a Saturday night that that we weren't racing or something, and 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 I would go and I'd go over there by myself and just mm. walk around because. I remember where my mom and and and, and Lynn and, and my sister we would set where we would set in the grandstand. It's it, what is now the back stretch. It's just under that uh, deal where they call the spotter stand now. I mean, to the very seat. Mm-hmm. And I'd always try to sit there. But I was over there uh, a couple of years ago, and Bobby Labonte was over there, and he was just like just fascinated by the. And he'd, he'd only been there once, and I said, "You." You haven't been here for him? He said, I'm ashamed to say I live like 20 minutes from here. I've never been over here. Yeah. Said, yeah. Man, it's like you. You're mm-hmm. ashamed of yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, now it bit him. So now he's driving uh, one of the smart, uh, yeah. smart modifieds, actually, for uh, a, a kid that, that works for you. Mike Smith is driving his car. And yep. uh, I'm loving it. So, But that's, that's one, of my, my, one of my favorite places. I wish we had more companion races with the modifieds. So it's always cool to see them in, uh, in Loudoun. Yeah. We go there. It's cool to, cool to see them back at Martinsville. They they just run so well there. Yeah, they they just uh, just something about them. I don't know what it is, but there's something about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked earlier with Dale. I, I want to get your thoughts on this. is This is kind of changing the subject, but we we were on the modified train, and we were talking about um, you know back in the day when you had your uh, convertibles and hardtops and all the different classes that might run together. Is that rain? That rain is coming down. Oh really? my goodness! <laughs> wow, I yeah. thought we had static going on in there. Man, yeah, these buildings are old. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's, it's our shop, our our museum. Mm-hmm. It's got a it's a metal building with a metal roof, and it's just like that. Yep, yeah, yep. yeah. We were we had we had a meeting here because it's rained two days in a row, and it yeah. hasn't rained in three weeks. 
and Rebecca was sitting over there, and she goes, whew, all right, this is about the time we all go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was the deal. My, my grandmother's house, um, my grandmother Wood, uh, lived in a, in a two-story uh, old-style house, but it had a tin roof. Mm-hmm. And I can remember being over there, and it was just like when it would rain in the morning like that, you'd just want to lay there in bed all day. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bradley. Where were you? The well, rain, the rain, okay. rain has interrupted us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my question is, I've heard this thrown around a little bit, but would you ever think it would be a good idea at some point during the year to try, maybe on like a Daytona road course or a big track, try a race where you have multiple series on the track at the same time, similar to an IMSA, where there's, you know, the, the Xfinity guys, they might be racing each other and the Cubs are racing each other, but they're on the track at the same time. I think it would be throw the trucks out there yeah I just thought, yeah. yeah just have a free-for-all yeah, yeah. i mean well. I'm, su- I'm not saying do it at bristol i'm saying at a you know a daytona road course or yeah. you know yeah. something big like that i wonder if that would be interesting i never really thought about that um i don't you know i don't know it's as competitive as each series is now you know i think everybody would get, probably get caught up with racing the you know the people in their series mm-hmm. um I never really thought about that. You know, I have thought about, like, the 24-hour race at Daytona and, Mm -hmm. you know, the difference in speed from the different classes. You Mm -hmm. know, you got those prototypes that just look like a bullet, and then you got the the lower classes that don't, you know, they're within, might not be within five, six seconds of it. Um, It's probably pretty interesting. It might, the safety part of it, the closing rate on the cars, that would probably be the biggest concern is, you know, braking and, running onto a car that's you know 30 40 miles slower than you are mm-hmm. uh, but they do it yeah and they do it well it, you know those yeah. uh it'd be i think for our guys to do it it would have to be there would have to be some training involved because those guys that race emsa they've been doing it so they, they're yeah. used they're used to seeing this these yeah. rocket ships yeah. fly by whereas they they've got they got super brakes i mean oh which, yeah. which we've got good brakes too mm-hmm. but um to do it very, you know, for a very long period of time would probably be pretty hard. But I don't know. I've never heard anybody think of that. That's a new one. <laughs> be pretty interesting. I'm putting it out there. <laughs> we'll put it out there in the space. Hey, as crazy as this All Star Race format we got, that's you know, I feel like yeah. I could throw that out there. Yeah, All All Star Race is going to get interesting. Yeah, which they always are. It doesn't to me. It doesn't really matter the format. You know, it still comes down to. 10, 10 at the end most of the time or whatever and you know, pays big money to win it and it's it's all or nothing and you know that's the way they approach it you know all the stuff leading up to it i don't think it really matters it's still that you know from 10 down or whatever mm-hmm. how you you know yeah all the all the heats and pre main event yeah. stuff is probably not going to have a huge uh, effect on the outcome of the thing right <coughs> excuse I mean, me you know it's it's anymore um you catch just like Kansas, you know, there at the end, how crazy that was. You know, we were, you know, around tenth place or something, and kept having cautions and get a little further. Mm-hmm. You know, just sometimes it works out for you, and sometimes, you know, like Blaney was on the front row and got somebody got him. Yeah, the five up. got him sideways. Yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden he finishes, you know, out of the top twenty, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just, it, you know, it's not over till it's over, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what's you know so exciting about it is even when you think you know what's going to happen you don't because they're just not it's just not over and uh you know you can be you know some of these guys are good enough that they can be one or two laps down you know from whatever happened to them early in the race all of a sudden they win the race yeah you know, you know and it's just just nobody's ever out of it well i gotta tell you i know I know pretty much how well you guys are doing all throughout the race because my favorite Twitter follower is at Wood Brothers <laughs> Twenty One, which is I know is John, um, and I'd like he cracks me up, man. Yeah. I I love <laughs> I love reading his tweets because he's a hundred percent authentic, honest. Whether it's good, bad, or ugly, yeah, and um, yeah, he scares me sometimes. <laughs> I was gonna ask how does it you know, from you. Do you follow along and, and keep I, a close eye on that? Well, he's actually got me hooked hooked in it. Like where if you see some old picture, mm-hmm. that's me. Okay. Most uh, okay. of the time it's me. Huh. Uh, and but I don't I don't get in the middle of it very often, but uh 
he just keeps up with it and he lives it. Um, and he did a, I think he did a piece uh, with someone a week or so ago. The difference, um, you know, he's part of our race team. He's part of our company. He, you know, he's, he's part mm-hmm. owner in the company. And so when something goes wrong, it's more than just, uh, it's okay. It's, you know, you left, we did something wrong. We wrecked, we, you know, left a wheel loose, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a bigger deal to him right? You know, because it affects him more. He's part of it. And, you know, it won't stop at the end of the race. It, it, it lingers on like, yeah. because we, you know, we go over every race. It just, you know, we're still talking about Kansas. And this, it's, it's, it's more personal to him, I guess. And so he's, it's a little different than when somebody gets mad at us and that happens a lot too. <laughs> he gets that, and if you guys keep up with your social media, I'm sure you know you, every now and then you get blasted over something. Oh my goodness! You know, yeah. and because people, man, and the good news to that is people's paying attention to you. Yeah, yeah. They're you know good, good or bad, they're they care and they're watching, and that's kind of the way he looks at it. But it's 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 harder for him because he's still got to maintain a level. Um, deal with it. Yeah, when it's really easy, easy to real, it could be real happy about somebody. He can't say that either. You know, you <laughs> yeah. can't. You know, if you if you're doing stuff, and I've learned this, I learned this a long time ago. You know, you never jump up and down or anything or show any emotion during during the race until it's over. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you don't. You know, because you see people. I learned that at Talladega. Yeah, you see people, you know, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, jump up and down because you know they throw the white flag. You may be leading the race. Well, you may come back on the, on the hook. You just—it's not over till it's over. Yep. And you know, we've—you know—I've lived that many, many times. And uh, like I said, at one time at Talladega, it looked like the forty-three and and twenty-one was going to be the two cars. Mm-hmm. Caution comes out and gets re-racked, and you know. 43 got crashed yeah it wasn't meant to be that day i guess yeah it's, yeah. it's just you know when it's your day it's your day and you, you can't you know I, i'm kind of believe if, if it's your day and you're supposed to win that race you're going to win it you're not going to mess it up mm-hmm. but yep. you know, if it's not your day it's just not yeah that's how i feel about it. we've you know we're doing a john andretti throwback this week and yeah. we spent a lot of time this week talking to folks uh like chris huzzy and, and others here that were part of that team and Everybody kind of has the same common denominator like you're talking about, that uh, they felt pretty confident going in, and, and there was really never a doubt in, in John's mind or really anybody on the team that, that they were going to win that race that day. They just kind of knew it. And it's, it's, it's weird it, how that – it's weird to hear that, you know? I, I've lived it. Um, a quick story. When Trevor won the 500, um, we were um, staying in a condo. We'd rented a condo over at uh, over on the beach. And I had a big suitcase because you're down there for, what, two weeks. And my wife was going to leave early because she had to work the next day. So she was going to leave like three-quarter of the way through the race. And she said, you want me to take your suitcase? Because I was flying back because we had to go straight to, to think Fontana the next week. And I said, you want me to take your suitcase back? And I said, nah, I think I need to leave it here. And I don't mm-hmm. know why I said, you need to leave it here. Because I, I had no intentions of stay, spending the night at all because – you know, he's going to run a race, jump on an airplane, go home. Mm-hmm. But I said, I don't know, just leave it here. I might need it. And I, to this day, don't know why. But then Trevor wins the race. We have, you stayed, you know, we didn't leave the racetrack till, you know, 10, 11 o'clock that night. And then you had to be, they had a breakfast for the winter the next morning. Oh, yeah. And so you needed clothes. Yeah. Right. And because uh, <laughs> normally I wouldn't have had nothing but, you know, whatever I wore the racetrack. And uh, so I did, in turn, I needed it. But you just get these feelings sometimes. And I, I've had that feeling one other time. Welcome to Petty's Garage. Every one of our strut bars and coil covers are handmade right here in my hometown, Level Cross, North Carolina. Now, you probably know my favorite color, but we still make these things in every color you can imagine. You've got the power to make your car go and show exactly how you want. Visit Petty's-Garage.com to check out all the parts, engines, and tuning we've got to offer. And I'm going back years, you know, let's go back, let's go back to the 70s, that you've felt pretty well, you know, assured that 
if you didn't win it, Richard was going to win it. But you usually knew because it was like six or eight cars. There was more cars that could win races back then than a lot of people probably think. Because you hear people talking about, well, it was it was twenty one and eleven and forty three and a twelve, and but there was there was more cars than that. It was it was competitive then too. But um, and there's days that that you didn't run well in practice, you know, on happy hour, and so there's no way we're going to run good today. And all of a sudden, you make a change or two race morning, just throw something at it, and it runs. And you know you're you're shocked, mm-hmm. and you know there's the, I've had you know that those feelings too that there's no way you're going to run good on a particular day, and because of you know how practice went, but then you turn up and you do, mm. and it's just uh, you just don't know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you just don't know. <laughs> yeah, you tr- you try all you can, I guess, to prepare and study and and test and simulate and all that good stuff, yeah, but it's, it's just, when you until you unload and get to going it's really hard to get a gauge for it right yeah i mean and just think how how um during the just pick a race at, then just pick a lap or or after a pit stop you know your 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 cars change or your the track change conditions change and if you don't keep up with the changes you know you're going to be in the back mm-hmm. you know that's that's what's so hard about it you know you got what you got everybody's running it's under green and all of a sudden, a caution comes out. Everybody comes in and gets tires. It's a new race. Mm-hmm. Yep. You may be better. You may be worse. Um, and most of the time, you need to be better because somebody's going to work on their car, and they're going to be better. And it's just that's just how you know competitive it is. I mean, yeah. you, you get into this you know today's world, you know, where you half a pound of air, and you know these one thirty seconds shim that that use on the front. It's just it's crazy but it matters it it's, it's almost mm-hmm. like um you know years ago you go to talladega and or go to daytona you go in december for four days you go in january for four days and sometimes you would go back to mm. in in december in january for four more days and you'd run from daylight to dark and throw everything you could think of at it you might gain a tenth maybe two tenths mm-hmm. if you were lucky but everything mattered in those days on restrictor plate racing. Now I think we race every week like that. Hmm. Even, yeah. You know, even the shorter tracks, Martinsville, everything matters because the box is so much smaller that you're working in. And anything you can make better is a bigger advantage or, you know, it helps your car more. It's just uh, so competitive. It's just, I don't, I don't think people really understand just how hard it really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's always been hard. Dale's favorite saying is, uh, "Ain't always been this easy." Ain't yeah. always been this easy, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that it, it's it's always been hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the stuff that I think what was in the old days. Uh, and when I say old days, uh, I'm not going back as far as Dale can. But the, the, for instance, he was talking about signing in. You had to stop and get a pit pass every, you know, every Thursday or Friday whenever you checked in. When they came with hard cards. That's probably the biggest improvement in racing in my, <laughs> in, in my career yeah. is when you got a hard car. Because mm-hmm. when they first got them, only the owner and the crew chief got them and the driver. So, like, Lynn and I, we didn't have one. Well, Leonard could go in. My dad could go in. But we couldn't. We'd have to go sign in. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And, man, you know, and then they all of a sudden, everybody had them. Yeah. You know, that was, man, that was, that was a big deal. I had never been in the infield of a – of a race until i started with a race team at the beginning of 2019 and i got my hard card and went to daytona and i was like you mean i can go anywhere with this and it's like <laughs> yeah i mean pretty much yeah <laughs> this is the greatest thing ever I like, yeah, i'm telling you I'd, I'd rather lose my driver's license than my hard card. oh yeah know, yeah you know, <laughs> credit card especially whatever. with how much yeah, they charge yeah. you to get another one too oh yeah i've done <laughs> I'd, i've done that too you know, you you have that thing around your neck, and you know after the race, you take your shirt off, and and it goes with it. Uh, I've yeah. left left them on the ground, and fortunately somebody would notice it and pick it up for me. But uh, the older I get, the more I do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've knock on wood, hadn't happened to me yet. But oh, yeah. uh, I wanted to go back and ask about. We talked a lot earlier when Kyle came to drive for you guys, and, and how he's. I know he's said he's like a, a third son or or whatever, but um. 
when that partnership or when he when it was kicked off that he was going to be driving for you guys, y'all had a wedding. Yeah, <laughs> whose idea was that, and how did that all come together? That, I've never seen anything else like it. I, there's never been anything like that. <laughs> they did it yeah. at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and um, did it like on a Saturday, Friday, or Saturday afternoon um, after practice. Um, but we were sponsored by Seven Eleven at that time. Kyle, Kyle had the sponsorship because he was sponsored by them um, the year before. And somebody, it could have been Dave Fulton. If you guys know Dave Fulton. He was, heard the name. Yeah, he's uh, he's still around. Um, he was the former Wrangler guy. He, he okay. did Earnhardt and Ricky Rudd for Bud. And um, then he, he changed um, marketing companies or something, but he wound up working for Seven Eleven. But it could have been his idea. Now, he may not own up to that. <laughs> and then he may take credit for it. I don't yeah. know. But we did it, and it was a lot of, you know, it was a lot of big deal about it. Chris, um, uh, help me. Um, trying to think who the preacher was. Oh, Ken Squire. Uh, Squire. Yeah, yeah, yeah Squire. Squire. Yeah, I mean it. And Humpy and everybody. I mean, everybody <laughs> was there. I mean, it was a it was a super big deal. And um, what was so special about all that is it was just a lot of people, the media, things that like it'll never work. You know, how mm. can you have this crowd that raced against this crowd? How can that that ever work? Mm-hmm. It was a, one of the most special times in my whole racing career. Mm. Oh, um, wow. I mean, Kyle and I and Lynn, we just got along. And and like I said, it was so many things that he grew up in his world was the same as ours. And we was just, like I said, he was on the blue side and we was on the red side. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just it was so many cool things. And uh, But we run really well together. We finished top ten in points. And uh, won a couple of races, and uh, it was just a special time. And you know, now, um, you know, like I said, Kyle's just like a brother to to Lynn and I. I mean, mm-hmm. It's just um, I, we were talking the other day, and it, and when I was younger, like like if I hadn't grown up being in the family I'm in, I'm sure I would have been a Petty fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, no doubt and Kyle has said he would have probably been a Wood Brothers fan so he may have been I should have been born a a Petty and him (laughs) a a Wood but it's just a and the whole relationship with the Petties you know with with Dale um, and Richard all all of them has just always been really close Mm -hmm. and even you know when they had the that's probably because there's not a whole lot of people. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons, but probably because there's not a whole lot of people that can relate to each other like you guys can. And maybe that's it, because you kind of know what they're thinking and what they felt, and you know, you know, they've had ups and downs just like us, and mm-hmm. we've all had a lot of up and downs. But you kind of know how they feel. Um, it's just, and it's always been that way. And even when. You know, they raced um, with the Pearson Petty crash at Daytona in 76. Nobody was mad. Um, we weren't. We wound up. We won the race. We won the race, but they weren't mad. Because um, I think we raced at Rockingham. I think we weren't running all the races. They may have went to Richmond the next week and then Rockingham. Because they ran that car that they crashed at Rockingham. Yeah. We, were, we ran ours at Talladega because uh, we had another car. Uh, we only had two cars at the time. But um, through that whole thing, it, it was – you just kind of talk about it, and it gets brought up every now and then. Mm-hmm. You know, we, Dale and I talk about it. Like, you know, during COVID, uh, Dale and I talk almost daily. Mm-hmm. Like, I know where he's going, what he's getting ready to do. He knows where I'm at. It's just – I don't know. It's just a special – I don't know if if I had to say you know you know you have friends and and yeah everybody's got friends but then there's there's another level of it mm-hmm. that and that's where we are mm-hmm. it's just another level it's it's I guess the friendship you could go as far as you could go to be family mm-hmm. you're yeah. not you're not family but you might as well be and yeah. I, I consider you know the whole petty family part of my family mm-hmm. i guess we didn't even realize to the extent that that was we you know, we had 
Chris has it on a few weeks ago. Um, and we always talk to the folks that we come on, you know, who, who would be a good person to join the podcast? Who's got good stories, good insights, somebody that NASCAR fans or Petty fans want to hear from. And you know, Chris is like, well, you know, Eddie Wood would be great. And, he yeah. didn't hesitate. Yeah, he didn't even really. <laughs> he didn't even think about it. He was like, you need Eddie Wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that would, that would be amazing. And he goes, yeah, I'll, t- I'll text him when we wrap up from here. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when he texted me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that easy, huh? And he's like, well, I talk to him all the time, and I mean, him and Dale are on the phone at least every day, you know. And I was like, I, I didn't. I knew y'all were were good friends, but I maybe didn't realize you that, that close. And yeah. Uh, this is Chris cool. Chris got a great collection of old pictures. Oh mm, yeah, oh, man, I, the best. Yeah, and he he does such good research on them. You know, it's. I mean, we've got pictures. My mom kept all the pictures. You know, in, in the old days, you would get these black and white glossies that T. Taylor Warren would take, and which I think that's all Getty now. And then Don Hunter, I think Don Smile owns that now. Mm-hmm. But we've got so many, and we didn't take them. They did, but they're pictures, you know, of our family and the racing and stuff like that. And we tried to, we had them digitized. Actually, had Don Smile to do it for us, and, and try to get them in an order. Mm-hmm. And it must be two thousand of them. Wow. Well, that's two thousand of probably another of four thousand. Mm-hmm. And then we got in our museum, they're all around the wall, and they're mostly eight by tens. They're one of one, and we've not, you know, we need to scan them, and it's just hard. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I was talking to Rebecca and Sharon out there about the pictures, you know, go, somebody will call you and say, go find a picture of this car in 19-whatever. Right. It's hard because yeah. we're not organized well enough to, like, you know, punch it in, and there it is. Yeah. You know, you just got to go through them yeah. just looking at them mm-hmm. manually, and uh, that's something we've got to – We've got to do, and I'm, I'm sure they do too. It's just so many pictures of, yeah. and and the petties are in a lot of our pictures, especially the car, you know, because they race so much together. And, uh, and then you go back, you know, to the pre, uh, David, David Richard and uh, Kale Richard, whatever. You get into Lee and and our dad. There's a lot of those, you know, and like Dale was talking about, Richard running that convertible at Daytona. I, we've, there's a picture in our museum of Richard in that in the thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's just I don't know. It's just I don't know. It's just I can't explain it. Yeah, yeah. it's good though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did Did Kyle take any of the? Did he bring any of the petty secrets to the Wood Brothers at all when he that 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 stint? Well, I mean, you know, there's or kind of say, oh, so you guys do it that way. Were yeah. there any differences? There, um, there was things that they did. Uh, everybody does all the same things so far as putting race cars together and how you go the track and what you work on. I remember one thing, Kyle was big on stagger and Leonard was too, because mm. I think Leonard and, um, and probably uh, could have been Lee, whoever were one of the first groups that really paid attention to tire stagger front mm-hmm. and rear and just they 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 was big on front tire stagger and we were big on rear well then you put the two together you got a better piece because you're you know focusing on both ends of the car Mm -hmm. and just things like that you know racing changes so quickly like by the time you know whatever you did last year is old news and so there wasn't a lot and i mean I don't know how to say this, but even with Dale and I, we talk about stuff we did and, you know, this race and that race, but then there's things you don't talk about. He doesn't talk about them, and I don't talk about them. Mm -hmm. And you kind of wish you could. And (laughs) if you did, you're probably talking about the same thing. (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just just like a a level of respect uh, for – because you're still – the 43 is a race, one race team, and the 21 is another. And yeah. you, you just, you know, but it, but the good part about that is what you do talk about is is real. It's not mechanics and, I mean, mechanical stuff and cars and stuff. It's it's people and your family, his family, and, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, our respect for each other's family, I guess. Yeah, people get so caught up, race fans sometimes can get, 
very caught up in um, you know the specifics of the cars or the race formats or stage racing or not stage racing or when cautions if, are thrown or if if we do more dirt or not any anything yeah. like that and that's that's all a lot you know part of it and part of, part of what we do but uh, you know our hope with this podcast and just in general is to to show that you know racing's about people it's yeah. about groups of people relationships families you know good and bad all that like that's when you're inside it and you see it that's really what it's all about and and the rest of the stuff is just just part of whatever you're dealing with at the time yeah it's just noise mm-hmm. you know but it's it's like and I've, I've told people said, said this okay i was i was born in 52 so i you know i remember the 60s or the the racing in the 60s mm-hmm. i don't remember anything about the 50s so i depend on dale and leonard to tell me you know if i got a question about somebody or something will pop up because chris was put chris chris hussey will put a picture up it'll be something in the 50s that he's found mm-hmm. it's like oh, i don't really understand that so i'll call dale yeah <laughs> or i'll go find leonard and i'll say you know explain this who was that guy and stuff like that and um i don't know i look forward to talking to him every day you know because my when he calls i just go outside my wife said that dale yep uh, seen a little bit, <laughs> seen a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, because because I'm 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 gonna go talk to Dale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't care where we're going unless we got I gotta leave, go somewhere. I'm gonna I'm gonna go talk to Dale, and she knows that. And uh, but then she's really close to Dale too, and Mary. Because mm-hmm. yeah. just knowing actually, actually years and years ago, and this would probably be in the '80s. Uh, Mary and my wife Carol played on the same softball team as as did Lynn's wife Nancy. They they had a softball team that played um, like the local whatever in Martinsville, but it was the it was a, at that time they called the Grand National mm-hmm. uh, Wives softball team. But oh, they, but yeah. is that what Chris Hussey said that um, he took he he took uh, he drove Tina and all them up there I think yeah, yeah I think it, that it, was one it, of their first dates or something yeah it probably was mm-hmm. it, it was it was in Martinsville and uh, and Tina Tina and Mary I mean they was professional softball player I mean, oh they, yeah they wow. were good yeah um and my wife was and nancy's man's wife was pretty good but uh, they were serious i'm talking serious about it but they they uh whoever they played i think they beat them i saw a picture of it not long ago and it, it's amazing who was in it you yeah know, it just and you don't think about it at the time but looking back it was it was a big deal yeah they say that uh tina can hit a can hit a ball further than anybody else in randolph county I, it, I male or female doesn't matter she can hit the ball further than any of them wouldn't surprise me a bit because i mean they were fast and um you know they could field and i don't remember who pitched tina may have been the pitcher i, I can't remember but you know it was uh it was quite a ball game yeah i, I love how at each episode we do we always have you know connections or oh, yeah like yeah. the same things get continue to get brought up or intertwined into into different stories and uh it's just it's super neat because we don't ever plan it you know it's just no cool. you, you can't plan it's like a race you know people talk about you know having a plan to, to race today what you you, you can't make a plan because mm. as soon as yeah. you as soon as you start or well, the race starts it changes and you you just you're you're chasing it you're not going to have a plan that that's going to going to play out because you're always behind it because you're trying to play catch up and and then get ahead of it with the next adjustment or whatever but like i said i think it's what makes racing so fascinating is it's it's you can't predict it yeah mm-hmm. you know you think you can and sometimes you can and you may be right but nine times out of ten it's it's not going to be that way it's a different world that's yeah. what i've learned the yeah. the longer i'm the longer i've been in racing it's just like it's a completely different animal yeah so fun, much out of your very, control, a lot though. of fun a lot of fun yeah, I mean, but different i mean it's, you know football is kind of the same way you know they're not over till they're over and you know people you know teams can come back from you know 23 touchdowns down and win and and racing's kind of like that it's just it's just nobody ever gives up it's probably the most hard-headed never give up never die group of people yep on earth that that uh race cars yep um, Chris, how are we looking on time right now? Oh, I think we, I think we got another ten. Okay, yeah. I, I want to ask about this um, 
this motor that Leonard just wrapped up and he basically created by hand. What's the scale of that? It's about half scale. Um, it kind of started um, when COVID hit and and Leonard had, uh, the, you know, we got that museum in, in, in Stewart, which is our old race shop. So we've still got all the machinery there. And then we got a shop in Mooresville with machinery stuff too. But it wound up he needed to stay in Stewart because he was driving back and forth and, and lived down there for a while. So Lynn and I were trying to figure out we need to have another project. We get projects for him. He's built a half-scale Lotus like we were talking about, that oh, wow. Jimmy Clark Lotus. Oh, and, I mean, it's down to the you, – we you, come see this? Oh, yeah. Oh, we got to come – we got to go oh, take yeah. a look at that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah you need to come see it. And he, he's made several of them. And um, he made a Lotus. He made a little modified – back seater of 37 flat back coach that like my dad drove mm. in the 60s and so we said we got to come up with some so Lynn said, what what about just make a little 351 you know like a little racing engine so okay well why don't we make one that's cooler than that let's make a 427 so um we have a 427 tunnel port uh on a stand in our museum and so what well, we can go by that and we'll make it out of aluminum and you know he just make it make a little one yeah that's just kind of how it started so um fast forward a little bit i was on the phone with with uh with edsel ford and i was telling him about it because he's always interested in the projects leonard does and i told him he was making a 427 he said hey you need to make it like the uh 67 uh, lamar winner that aj fort and dan gurney drove mm. and i said yeah that would be good the headers would be hard because um, the headers on a normal 427, just like anything here, right. goes Come down. Out, yeah. Well, on the GT or on that um, uh, Ford GT that they were running that won that race, they go out the back over. They look like spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And so, like that, that probably be hard. Well, Leonard can do it. So he had already started on the normal 427. So he told me he's going to do that. And uh, I said, okay. So I got, I need some pictures of, you know, the that car. Just so happened, you know, we've got that car of Trevor's in the Henry Ford up there. So we call Matt Anderson, and he's the um, the guy that keeps up with the museum. And said, you got any pictures of the Gurney and Ford car? He sends this flash drive, and it's got tons of pictures, and it's got all these pictures of the the engine compartment and everywhere. Well, he made the whole thing from those pictures, the, wow. um, the headers, mm-hmm. and uh, it just—it's just amazing. I mean, he's—he made a crankshaft, camshaft, and they're going to do a. We, we need to do a feature on it because mm-hmm. we we got pictures. My uh, my brother took tons of pictures as it was being built. Yeah, uh, and it's just—it's um, a little bitty 427 made the valve covers, the carburetors. You can put a, they're about the size of a dollar bill, and they're they had two four barrels on it, and they look. I mean, if if you didn't know they were little, if you didn't put the dollar bill beside of it, you would swear they're real. And since then, just in the last two weeks, he's taken and, and making because um, that um, engine wound up. It's it's at the Henry Ford in Dearborn. Uh, he said, I want to make a little carburetor that runs. So one of those tiny ones. So he's built a carburetor now that runs. Oh man! <laughs> so I mean, it's got all the little you know passageways. And this and is all basically by hand, right? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, they it's nothing but CNC or like right. that. You know, we've got bridge ports and things like that. You know, the big the big machines that we you know had for years up there. But that's what it's been. Um, we got another boy up there, Beanie Belcher, that works for us. And he's like one of the greatest machinists it's ever been. I mean, if you can picture it. Tell him what you're looking for. He can make it, and then Leonard throw him in the middle of it. He does all the hand grind, and everything is done by hand. Like the the shape of things, the the mar- the markings and things. It's you, you just you just have to see it to understand it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We got to make a trip up there, Chris, pretty soon. Yeah, check it out. We we do. Uh, we want to have Leonard sure. on at some point too to kind of yeah tell us all about that and I mean a lot about a lot of things. We can get all y'all in the same room together. <laughs> yeah. That would be yeah. pretty yeah. sweet. He he and Leonard could tell you some stories, you know, because everybody's like we we may know the same story, 
but he'll he'll know a different side of it than than I will or Dale will, and yeah. it'll be the same story, but it'll be through somebody else's eyes and how they remember it. And uh, he's got a really good memory on. He's like Dale; they can tell you what happened to him in 1962 at Charlotte, middle of the race. They burned a wheelbarrow out, or they did this, or they did that. They remember that. Uh, they remember the ones that won, but they remember the ones they lost too. And mm-hmm. why? Yeah. It's, it's amazing how they, uh, you know, that's, I guess that's why they call them the, uh, what is it, the generation, uh, the greatest generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's why they do that because it's, I think it's true. I have to agree. Yeah. Well, Eddie, we've taken up a, a heck of a chunk of your time this afternoon. Whole lot. And, uh, <laughs> and it's been an honor to be here. Yeah, well, it's been an honor for us to get it to. Was, it was so cool to – we walked outside because you, you got here and Bradley comes over and he says, hey, Chris, you know, Eddie just got here, but uh, Chris got him. And then I said, oh, okay, cool. So we'll let them go around for a little bit and we're looking. And then we, we turn the corner and it's, it's you, Dale, Richard, Chris, and y'all are all just sitting there talking. And I was like – we, we kind of just paused for a second like wow this is really cool and yeah. it's, it's just really it's it's an honor to have you down here yeah, and it's it's, it's really all, sweet all the honor is all mine i mean i i'd never been through the place you know with richard and dale showing me uh you know they showed me the room that <clears throat> uh that lee's car is in and yeah. all that i'd never seen i mean low ceiling yeah <laughs> i mean it's just it's so many similarities to the way i grew up in our you know our race shop this is this is you know quite a bit bigger but they did the same things we did you had a gear room you had this room and that room and all that stuff and just being able to walk around with richard petty and dale Inman, you know that's that's as good as it gets right there absolutely well we'll have to have you back at some point because we really didn't even get into you know kale or david pearson or you know working with all those guys and and i've got another page of questions here for you that we're going to have to uh, come back to at some point but we were just breaking the ice yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great i enjoyed it like i said it's an honor to be here yeah, it was great to have you thanks so much and uh looking forward to doing it again soon thank you guys i really enjoyed it all right petty fans well there you have it there's our episode with eddie wood and i don't know what i can tell you if you didn't like that one that was pretty awesome yeah that's uh just sit there and pinch yourself you know what i mean mm-hmm. i mean it's it's to, and especially to have him here for the first time since 84 and in 84 he was just here to buy a car and then they couldn't find it because they hit it yeah i'm counting this as really his first time getting to take in uh what is now petty's garage and petty museum yeah it was once petty enterprises uh just really cool to see he came down and uh dale and richard kind of took him we were supposed to start this podcast when he got here and then just they intercepted him and i was so happy with that oh yeah it was so cool to see those guys we turned the corner we're trying to find them we're like where'd they go they were gone for like an hour hour and a half and we turned the corner and it's just it's it's richard petty it's dale inman and eddie wood and you know you toss chris Hussey in there oh, love yeah. love you chris <laughs> but to just see, hanging out having a conversation just, yeah, talking all, about all four of those dudes i mean that was just so cool so cool to see mm-hmm. and 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 to be involved with it too is just you know it's it's just wild yeah one of those days where it doesn't really feel like work for sure yeah. uh but thanks eddie for coming down and making the trip here you know we've been trying to get him here for for a few weeks now and uh i'm just so glad that we did so appreciative of his time he was here for pretty much the entire day yeah whether it was hanging out or you know doing a podcast uh number one or two mm. uh-huh. <laughs> what does that mean yeah maybe some maybe some extra content coming down the line so who knows keep an eye out for that but thanks again eddie it was great to get to know yes. him and hang out with him and spend some time listening to awesome guy everything he had to say hopefully so. get to see him this weekend mm. what's going on this weekend darlington darlington throwback weekend baby let's go tell him about that race car man well we've hinted at it a few times on the show uh if you noticed we have easter egg number one this was easter egg number one this well, was number two that was easter egg number two correct this is Easter egg number two. It was in the Martha Jane episode, just chilling in front of my computer. So I don't know if you picked up on that. Easter Somebody, egg. Hey, somebody did. They did. A couple people commented. Hey. They, they found it. Nice. Good job, guys. Thank you for commenting, by uh, the way. Easter egg number one was in the Jarrett Andretti episode where we had talked about, although I will say at the time we hadn't had anything finalized. We, we didn't have anything even 
that's that's the life lesson is that the answer is always no if you don't ask Mm -hmm. so we figured on the jared episode we might as well try and speak it into existence and we did we're going to be running the number 43 stp john andretti throwback from the year 1999 where he won at martinsville i know you all remember that what a great win for 43 everybody at petty and uh just super happy we get to to get to honor john obviously or you know unfortunately john passed away uh, early last year and you know we've been trying to help keep spreading awareness for the importance of colon screenings with the hashtag check it for andretti campaign that uh john started and and jared and his mom and their family have kept going and so uh, it's very important to us to to continue to spread that message and you'll see that sticker in a few places on the car this yeah, weekend. if i remember correctly you, uh, you so bradley made the paint scheme so we always run check it for andretti you know rear rear roof strip roof strip mm-hmm. roof strip right so apparently you know everything has to be approved by the king of course and the king wanted additional check it for andretti mm-hmm. stickers on the car just to just to give a little bit more real estate for that and it's it's really cool to to see the 43 so we have a throwback that is literally a throwback in the truest essence of a throwback yep. it is exactly what the correct number like. this is this is how you do a true throwback if you can make it work i know it's tough correct number correct colors correct sponsor oh yeah thank you stp mm-hmm. we appreciate that but uh even if you can't, I will say, it's kind of a little off topic, but in the terms of throwbacks, because we've seen a lot of them, some mm-hmm. good, some, we'll say. And the, the other John Andretti scheme is awesome. That was great, yeah. Awesome. I'll give some credit to uh, um, Ryan Daly and then the Starcom folks for making yeah, that happen. That, but it looks it looks slick. Number's not right, but it's slick. Right. I will say they that, can't help that. You know, you've got the three main pillars, right? you got the number, the colors, and the sponsor. Mm-hmm. Colors slash design. We'll put those together, right? If, if there's one of those pieces of the puzzle that you can't make work, it's going to be the number. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, and But the number, we can even go further if we're really going to get into throwback talk here. Uh-oh. Number font. Oh, yeah. True. Okay. So, so say that you can't change your number and you're going to do a different throwback to a different number, but you had the flexibility to change your number font. That I will accept. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, took some pictures of this car i think they turned out cool because i took them but you know the uh you've probably already seen them posted the uh that 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 day glow it it's seriously when you see it in person when y'all see it on tv it glows Mm -hmm. i mean it it literally glows it is bright it is fluorescent it is you are not going to be able to miss the car on tv it'll probably look red it might look it's a little so red. funny how it works differently in it cameras. De- and it stuff. depends on how they set their white balance. We'll see if the <laughs> I'll get Fox on the horn and ask them if they got their white balance correct. For Did you car. guys white balance correctly? Coming from the guy that owns you know, three cameras, but you know nothing crazy. I'm not going to tell Fox how to do their job. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, that's that's kind of it for us today. Again, thanks Eddie Wood for coming down and being on this episode. Really loved having him. Can't wait to see this thing mm-hmm. on our Camaro this weekend in Darlington. I get to see it in person. I haven't been to a race since 2015. Let's I, go. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be rocking this shirt. I've already planned my outfit. Don't judge. Uh, but I'm super stoked. I am pumped. It's going to be great. Thank you to everybody who either watches or listens to this podcast. Can't where, do it without where, you. Where can they watch and listen to it if they don't know? Well, if you want to watch it, YouTube's a great place to start. It's a great place to start. Yep. You can... Uh, Subscribe to our channel. We've seen a big jump in subscribers here recently. Thank you so so much. Thanks, everybody, for not only subscribing, but for telling your friends to subscribe as well and for sharing our stuff. Uh, If you just want to listen to the audio, say you're in the car, you're on a road trip, you're commuting to work. Mm -hmm. Great time for the RPM podcast. It is. And you know what else is a great thing if you're driving down the road? If you're right now, if you're driving down the road, if you're in the left lane, you're going the speed limit, maybe you're going five over. You know, you're just cruising, enjoying the sound of our voices. Take a look to your right and take a look behind you. Check all your mirrors. If there's a, a line of cars behind you and you've got space over your right shoulder to, you know, put that little blinker on and get over, right now is your sign. Go ahead and do that. Somebody must have been grinding your gears today on 220. Anyways. Every, every day. <laughs> so Out of my way. This is, yeah. This would be a great... uh a great way to 
spend your time while you're either commuting to work or mm-hmm. on a road trip. And the best place to listen to the Rich Petty Motorsports podcast is either Apple Podcast or Spotify. I don't care which one, whichever one you prefer. You can find us both places. And tell your friends and family. That's about it. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, everybody, for listening.